Good morning. Welcome to the Morning Motivation. I'm Mike Slater. Thanks for being here. Last week's Morning Motivations were all about how different religions and worldviews deal with suffering. What is their answer to suffering? So you can go back and listen to last week's here about a Hindu and Buddhist and Muslim and all the rest of them. This week, we're talking about the Christian response. Why does God allow suffering? We have five reasons to share. In five days this week, it's perfect. Yesterday, number one, God uses suffering to reveal our spiritual condition. That was yesterday. Today, number two, God uses suffering to humble us. We all know the Sermon on the Mount. What is the first beatitude that Jesus taught? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs, and theirs alone, is the kingdom of heaven. What does this mean, the poor in spirit? Blessed are the poor in spirit. What is that? If I may paraphrase David Martin Lloyd-Jones, he says, this is the first beatitude, and it's the key to all the rest, because this is the only beatitude that is an emptying, while the others are manifestations of fullness. We cannot be filled until we are first empty. You cannot fill with a new wine, a vessel, which is partially filled already with old wine. Not until the old wine has been poured out. There must be an emptying before the rise and filling. There's two sides to the gospel. There's a pulling down before there's a rising up. When Simeon first held baby Jesus in his arms, this is in Luke 234, he said, this child is destined to cause falling and rising of many. Oh, isn't that amazing? Conviction must always come before conversion. The gospel condemns before it releases. The gospel pulls down before it rises up. The gospel empties you before it fills you up. There is a death before a rebirth. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Now, this is the opposite of the modern world. The modern world is all about self-reliance, self-confidence, self-help, self-expression, self-esteem. But the gospel is all about being poor in spirit. It's the exact opposite. In other words, humble. And this is what suffering can bring, a true humility. When my newborn was in the NICU, and I'm sure you have a story similar to this, uh, but time in the NICU, it was humbling that there was nothing I could do for my baby except to perform. And all these machines and wonderful doctors and nurses, they can do a lot, but they can't keep his heart beating forever. It's all up to God, not me, not my degree, not my money, not my fame or accolades or house or car or anything. Not, not, there's nothing I have or nothing I can do that keep this, can keep this baby alive. That's truly humbling. It'll drive you to your knees. Suffering can make you humble. As Charles Spurgeon said, you have two choices. You can either be humble or be humbled. <laughs> As the nation gears up for another election season, tune to the first TV for the best coverage on television. Get an exclusive inside look at the American political machine with Sean Spicer at seven. Unmatched analysis and historical perspective from Bill O'Reilly at eight. Then a bold unapologetic take from Jesse Kelly at nine. It's must-see TV in primetime every night on the first TV. Watch the first on DirecTV channel 347, Uverse channel 1220, or DirecTV stream. And when the humbling comes, don't worry. Hebrews 12:11. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, 
It produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Hebrews 2.10, For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. Their salvation perfect, a harvest of righteousness and peace. That's what comes through suffering. God uses suffering to humble us. And then, look to him. Tomorrow, point number three, God uses suffering to draw us to him.